Although we both identify as Roman Catholic, our aim is not to convert or convince. We have no official affiliation with any religious body and present here only our own interpretations and opinions of these stories. We understand and expect that some listeners may not have spiritual belief in certain aspects of these events, but we hope you find value in them as historical narratives which are inextricably tied to the times, places, cultures, and spiritual beliefs of the people who lived and retold them. Due to age and variable documentation practices, we cannot guarantee the historical accuracy of these stories. Hello, and welcome to A Martyr and a Monk. That's Victoria. And that's Christina. Today, we're going to be talking about 19th century sister, uh, St. Mariam. Mariam. Mariam? Mariam? Mariam. Mariam. Let's go with Mariam. St. Mariam Buardi. (laughs) Fun, fun. Glad we got through that first pronunciation (laughs) bit. (laughs) I like, I definitely know how to say Mariam, and then as soon as I had to say it out loud, I was like, no, I don't know how to do this. Okay. 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 So, uh, Mariam was born on January 5th in 1846 uh, in a town that is now called Ibilin, I think, uh, which is in the Galilee region of what is now Israel, uh, but at the time was part of, quotation marks, Ottoman Syria. So they were occupied by the Ottomans. (laughs) It's not really. I guess we are. Yeah. So, 1840s. Okay. Yeah. That's a while ago. So, yeah. So they're part of the Ottoman Empire. It doesn't really come up in the story that much. It's not super relevant. It's okay. in Israel, near the Sea of Galilee. Uh, she is ethnically Palestinian and Greek. Uh, like, that's what her parents Ooh. are. Uh, right. And just a fun fact uh, she's uh, part of the Greek, uh, Greek Catholic Church. Uh, which, if you remember from ages and ages ago when we did Charbel Makhlouf, we talked about like particular churches who still do like the really old timey right. mass stuff, yes. and they have like special permission. So this mm-hmm. is the Greek uh, Catholic Church is one of these that has like special permission to be oh. doing old timey things. But that's different than the Greek Orthodox. Uh, I guess I think it would so, be. Yes, yeah. I think Greek Orthodox is like Eastern Orthodox, where they have like actually split. Whereas right. these people are Roman Catholic, they just have special permission to be doing a Greek thing, an old thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but this uh, particular uh, Greek Catholic church that this family and like kind of this area is part of, or like mm-hmm. descendants of, uh, is the Archiparchy of Antioch, uh, who were Archiparchy. Archiparchy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this particular Archiparchy uh, was the first. Oh man. Uh, in the world, where followers of Jesus were called Christians. You know, like 2,000 years ago. Oh. So it's like kind of the origin of Christianity, kind of. Oh. So that's like their claim to fame in this little, okay. Okay. This little area. So that's what okay. that's what's going on. Uh, her parents, their names were George and Miriam. Uh, St. Miriam, so she has the same name as her mother. So St. Right. Miriam uh, is the 13th child of oh, these gosh. two people. She's the first girl. 
And she's the first to survive infancy. Oh, no. Yeah. So her parents had 12 sons before her who all died. That all died. In infancy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, So basically, before baby Miriam was born, her parents um, took a pilgrimage to Bethlehem, which is uh, about 70 miles away from this town that they live in, Uh uh, to, you know, to pray and ask for, like, can we please have a child that survives? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they specifically asked for a girl, although maybe they did because they'd had (laughs) a lot of really terrible luck with their sons. Yeah. Um, But so. Wow. That's even worse. That's even worse than, like, the probably the death rate at the time yeah i think it yeah that's i think intense. i think it's like like one, one in three, three. Yeah, yeah would be like kind of normal and expected but right 12 and 12 out of 12 is not also good. like continuing to attempt after like four i know it's it's amazing I, yeah well, but so right. clearly they're really like heartbroken and taking this yes. hard is obviously really hard yeah. for these people uh so they went and prayed specifically to mary to ask for like a healthy child um makes sense oh uh, yep obviously they have because <laughs> Miriam is a saint so she like is born right. and grows up uh mm-hmm. and so she's named mary or Miriam after the virgin mary because as like a thank okay. you for helping right gotcha uh-huh. Yep. Uh, so she is born in 1846. Her parents then have one more child after her, oh. uh, a brother who also survives. Okay. So they have 14 kids, two of whom in Survive. total survive infancy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so in 1848, when Miriam is about two, like almost three, two, two and a half, uh, both of her parents get an unknown infection illness. Oh, no. And they die within about a week of each other. Yes. I was kind plague, of wondering maybe? if it, I don't know, it's not the right time for the Black Plague, okay. but I was wondering if it maybe has something to do with the pre- the birth of her little brother, because it's around the same time as her brother is born. Mm. So I'm wondering if like mom picked up some weird infection during birth and then passed it to dad, maybe? Yeah, usually those like postpartum infections aren't like passable though. You yeah, know? but I don't know, it seems like it happens yeah. quite close, because they say her brother is two years younger than her. And her parents die when she's two. So it must have right. happened. So it must have been like right. Right around the time her yeah. brother was born. But no one explicitly says that it's related right. to the baby. It just seems yeah. unlikely to me. It that seems it's close. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So, huh. uh, so now there's these two little kids. Uh, both of their parents have died and they uh, like the extended families are going to take these kids in. And for whatever reason, they decide to split the siblings up. So Mariam is taken in by her paternal uncle, so her dad's brother. Okay. And the little brother went to a maternal aunt, so their mom's sister. Okay. So they're on different sides of the family now. Um, uh-huh. Bummer fact, they never see each other again. Oh. Well. Uh, which means they don't even remember each other because they're so little. That, right. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, they wouldn't remember. Yeah, they're strangers, basically. Damn. Also, uh, wait, so back up. The other yeah. thing is that... This woman survived 14 childbirths. Yep. Which also is, like... Yep. Yep. <laughs> absurdly... Just an incredible string of terrible luck this couple was having. Right. Yeah. Weird. Okay. I know. And it's kind of... I don't know. They, like, never talk about, like, what happened to any of these... Like, how did yeah. this happen? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It doesn't... Okay. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So it's... Okay. I don't know. It's, like... It's interesting that their first surviving child is a saint. Wow. You know, like, in your string of how many of your children are saints, most people, it's zero. 
<laughs> I was also going to say, when you said she had, like, she was, like, the 12th or whatever, 13th? 13th, yeah. I was, like, I was going to say how a lot of the saints we've covered have had, like, a lot of older siblings. And it makes sense because, like, the oldest siblings are the ones that have to, like, inherit and, inherit and like, the do family the family things and, yeah. and, like, take care of their parents. And then there's some, like, number seven or whatever is, like, yeah, you could do, sure, enter the church. I don't know. At least you'll be fed. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's respectable and fine. Sure, do that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to yeah, pay yeah. for it. So, but great. yeah, that's not the case here because she no. is the 13th, but she's the but she's first also to the survive first. infancy. Yeah. She's okay. also the first daughter, which is in of itself wild luck. Oh, yeah, the chances of that, we could calculate all, it right yeah, now. Yeah, that all 12 her boys. It's yeah. crazy. It's... Yeah. I have a calculator. Hang on. What is it? 1 over 2 to the 12th power? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. 1 over 2 to, the, so 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5 to 12. to 12. Uh, it's 0. 0.0002. Percent or just 0002? Uh, I guess you would have to change it, right? So it would be 0.0002. Percent. That is not great odds. Uh, it's not. It's extremely <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> uh, so, okay, it's crazy. So, Anyways. yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so they end up with one boy and one girl, and then they wow. get split up and never see each other again. Well, they end up with one boy and one girl, and then they die. So, <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. The parents die. The yeah, parents yeah. die. Yeah. 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 So they don't even get to know the one boy and one girl, which seems right. unfair. Yes. Uh, so the household that Mariam ends up with, with her paternal uncle, is said to be, like, a very comfortable and loving household. Like, she just oh, has, you know, like, good. your standard childhood. You know, it's yeah. fine, safe, it's happy. That's good. Um, she, uh, I guess she started showing a religious fervor from, like, a really young age. Because by the time she was five, she had started fasting on Saturdays to honor Mary. Oh, my God. <laughs> and... Her or not her parents, but like her adoptive family are yeah. Christians, and they are you know they go to mass and they do things. But even they were like, "Oh dang!" So I kind of wonder because she specifically seems like she has a uh, like a attachment to Mary, like the Virgin Mary, and I kind of wonder if she's having like kind of not PTSD, but like she's trying to process all the horrible things that have already happened to her and like her parents yeah, prayed to Mary so that she would be born so she feels really tight with Mary and then all this terrible yeah. stuff happens and so she's just but like I don't know really how attached much, to Mary I mean like a two year old is not the, I'm just trying to think of, of reasons, reasons yeah. you'd end up with a surprisingly fervorous religious child well the other thing is like like, a two-year-old is not particularly great on the whole, like, remembering memories front. Like, they, mm -hmm. I don't think they can form super strong memories yet at two. So, I it's I don't think that she would remember any of that. But people could have been telling them, like, yeah, oh, I mean, like, her parents you're a are, gift from Mary, yeah. like, that kind of yeah. thing. And, and your her, parents died. But her adoptive family. parents are her dad's siblings. So, they'd right. be very sad for... The loss yeah. of her parents and for yeah. all those nieces yeah. and all those nephews, I guess. There were no nieces. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my theory. Is that, like, there was just yeah. this, like, culture around her as she was of, growing of up. That yeah. you're, like, you're a blessing from Mary. So, she got, like, really attached to it. That's my theory. The other thing, the other thing though, is that, like, 
we've had this before where people are like, they were so religious as a child. And you're like, okay, but were they actually? Or are you just like ascribing that to them later? But this sounds like she was actually because yeah. she, they're like, and there's oh, another no, she thing was doing too. things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so she starts fasting to honor Mary when she's five. Um, she gets her first communion when she's eight, which doesn't okay, seem that's... that weird to us. But I guess in that area, in that time, it was like awfully young. Oh, okay. Like they usually did it older. And I guess she just annoyed the priest into it, basically, because every day when she was at mass, uh, you know, she'd go up to like get communion and they'd be like, no, you're too little. Go away. And she just kept doing it. And the priest was like, fine. <laughs> it's fine. You just That's have your funny. first communion and we'll just move on with this. It's fine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Okay. Okay. So she was actually like. Yes. Into it. She is. Yeah. She is jiving with the Virgin Mary. Strange. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, okay. So then in 1853, when Miriam is about eight, uh, this family of her uncle's family moves uh, from Israel to Alexandria in Egypt. Ooh. I don't know why particularly. They just do. This is uh, much after Alexandria. Yeah. This is like 2000 years after Alexandria Firestone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you, I, have no, I have no concept of when things happen but no. okay. like queen victoria is the queen of england they're doing oh. industrial age stuff oh yeah you're right okay. yeah <laughs> okay so uh they move when she's eight uh, and then they just live there for a while and when she's 13 the uncle arranges a marriage for her because like that's what you did in this yeah. culture in this time yeah um and so he sets up a marriage for her to be married off Wait, to how old is she 13 okay she's gonna marry the uncle's brother-in-law so okay. her aunt who she's not biologically related to right the aunt's brother is who she's gonna marry okay yes, yes. okay he is yeah. an adult so this is creepy and not great not great but yes. also it's 1840 so yes uh, if she was so... 15 i wouldn't feel as weird about it but yeah she's 13 uh, the night before the wedding, she has a vision where oh? an unidentified person, maybe an angel, tells her not to get married and that she should like give her life to God instead. Mm. Uh, as you can probably imagine, her uncle is not thrilled mm -hmm. <laughs> with this decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he beats her pretty badly and then they sort of stop treating her as a daughter which they had up until this point, and right. she basically becomes a servant in their household. That's so weird, especially, like, you know this kid growing up has been extremely religious. Yeah. And so it's that, it's almost like, because we've had some situations where, like, like St. Clair and her sister were, her, their dad thought that they were running away, well, they were, they were running away from their arranged marriages, and so they went to the convent. And, but, like, this situation, it's, like, it's not that she's running away, because it seems like before the angel told her not to, she was just gonna do it. Yeah, apparently. The whole religious situation got in, and then, it's not that she's avoiding it, it's, like, actually religious-based. Yeah. You know? And so you'd think that they would be, like, like they've known her her entire life. They think they you would, think they'd have seen this coming. They yeah, maybe be like, oh, maybe we should like yeah. send her to a convent or like yeah, introduce her to some fun nuns or something. Yeah, like you yeah. think that this would not be like a surprise, 
Yeah, I don't know if this couple had any of their own children. Because if she's the only kid in their household, maybe it's really important that she gets married and makes these ties. But if she has, like, adoptive sibling cousins, you'd think that they really just shift that onto someone else. Right. And, like, it doesn't sound like if it doesn't sound like she's the only one if they then just made her a servant because yeah. if she was the only one they would like to just make her do it they would just make her marry the guy yeah yeah they wouldn't that wouldn't be a question but it's like yeah well what? this is the beginning of the crazy stuff that happens to this this oh lady okay so get ready uh so she's like living as a servant now her she, she was a really loving and comfortable household growing up and it just kind of like stops overnight like they just kind of That's disown so her weird and like you know like how whatever. can you love a child and then just be like i don't know i think that i personally think that means that you never actually loved the child yeah well yeah it's probably true <laughs> um, uh also the wife so her aunt is never uh-huh. really mentioned so i don't know you know, maybe the aunt actually did still love her and tried to help, or... But she just doesn't have the power to... Doesn't have power, or maybe the aunt is, like, a Cinderella evil stepmother figure, and it's the aunt's fault, and the uncle is actually fine with this. I don't know. Right. The aunt's yeah. never really mentioned, so I'd be interested to know, like, what she was thinking. Okay. Uh, so she's working as a servant. Obviously, she's, like, really... She gets really depressed and feels very lonely, because her family has basically, you know... Right. Disowned Stop her. talking to her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's only, you know, 13, 14. Right. Uh, so she writes a letter to her brother because they're still in contact, even though they never actually like see each other again. Oh, uh, and he's still in Israel, obviously, because he's with the other family. Yes. And so she writes a letter and is like, please come visit me. Like, I need I need someone to talk to who loves me, basically. Right. Uh, and she gives the note to another servant in this household um, mm-hmm. who happened to be going on a trip to Israel for some unrelated reason. So she's like, here, take this note with you. Okay. And like mail it for me when you get there. And yeah. this servant is like, can tell that she's really like bummed and unhappy. And he's like, what's up? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and she explains it to him. And he, instead of just being a polite and caring and supportive Uh-oh. person, he's like, oh, well, you should definitely marry me then. What? Like that would what? solve all your problems and convert to Islam and you'll we'll just be together with me. What? I know. It seems like a stretch. What? <laughs> <laughs> And she, of course, if she didn't want to marry this other guy, she's not going to marry this yeah. servant dude either. So she says no, obviously. Yes. Uh, and he, with classic toxic masculinity, slits her throat. What? And she is martyred. What? Yeah. Uh, he dumps her body in an alley nearby. Uh, and then this, this is... This has the, taken a turn. It has. Uh, this is the <laughs> This is the crazy... The crazy uh-huh. stuff that happens we to this lady. We haven't gotten to the crazy yet. Uh, this is have? this is the crazy. Okay. Uh, so this is considered her martyrdom. Yes. Uh, she doesn't die. Oh, because what? the Virgin Mary possibly finds her, takes her to an unidentified grotto, stitches her neck back together, and takes care what? of her for about a month. Holy shit! Yeah. What? They don't know where the grotto was. They never identify this lady. She's just a woman in blue. So, the Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary, yeah. Well, yeah. eventually, Miriam says later that it was the Virgin Mary, but at the time, yeah. it was just a woman in blue. Blue, yeah. Uh, it just takes her to some place. She just wakes up. Miriam just wakes up in this unidentified right. grotto and is right. just there with this lady for a while. And that's that's that. And, like, and then they she definitely... Just, like, and then... So, okay, so... She's just fine. 
the story from the perspective of other people is like, okay, she like disappears for a bit and then just comes back fine. Uh, pretty much. She. Okay. Uh, so the injury is definitely real because okay. doctors in various parts of the world throughout her life come and look at it, and she has an actual scar on her neck that's uh about they say it's ten centimeters across and a centimeter wide, and Eesh. the initial injury. I don't know that it severed her vocal cords, but it damaged them. Uh And so for the rest of her life, she has like a really hoarse sort of gravelly voice. Okay. So she's definitely, somebody has definitely slit her throat. That definitely happened. Jesus Christ. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. And I guess her family is just doesn't care about what happened to her. They don't go looking for her. They never come up again, these people. So for I assume from their point of view, she ran off or, Um, you know, whatever. But so she's just kind of nowhere for a while. Yeah. In magical Mary Virgin land. Uh-huh. And then she comes back and she's fine. <laughs> so that's her martyrdom. That's okay. That is okay. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> ah, so this is wild from a whole lot of perspectives. Uh, but also, it's wild to me that they consider that of her martyrdom. Yeah, it's wild. Well, because I guess she should be like, dead. Like she-, she was dead, possibly. Yeah, but wouldn't she just Mary consider that it. a miracle? I think it is one of her miracles, but they call well, it her yeah. martyrdom. That's crazy. Yeah, because uh, I guess the doctors who look at it later later were like, "No, she should. This should have killed her. Like without she question, she'd be dead." Yeah. Um, but nope, Mary Damn. came and fixed it. Because Mary's dope. Mary's got her back. So this is what happens Mary? when you fast to Mary since you were five. She makes sure that some random dude who's pissed off for no reason doesn't murder you yeah. in the street one night. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's also like, who knew Mary had such great, like, medical skills? Yep. Yep. <laughs> she could stitch her up real good. Yep. Yep. Mary wow. crushed it. Yep. <laughs> what the hell? Yep, yep, yep. Uh,. Okay. Uh, so okay. So she, while she's with Mary, um, so obviously I really she thought that was the end of the story. And whatever. We're no, keep, we're on the first page. We just keep going. <laughs> it just keeps going. I was like, oh, because you didn't mention that this would be a short one, and I'm like, oh, we're doing a martyr. It's like, well, that, well, that's like it. No. But, no. Okay. Well, she is a martyr, kind of, because she, she did uh, die for her religion, sort of. Just didn't work so weird just didn't stick yeah okay so when she's with the virgin mary this uh, murder did not take (laughs) yeah it didn't work (laughs) um yeah she got to heaven and god was like no 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 no, no. turn right back around (laughs) yeah okay uh so the virgin mary who uh at this point is she's still like it's the nun in blue that's what they call her okay uh, basically tells her that like you're not gonna die now and this is how your life is gonna play out and like lays out like what she's gonna do and where she's gonna oh, live wow. and like you know yeah. what's gonna happen to her which i won't tell you now because that would just ruin the whole rest of the and then we would be done yeah and then we'd be done so i'm not gonna tell you what she said but she <laughs> okay. basically just tells her what's how her life's gonna go okay uh, yeah so she's with this nun for about a month and then she leaves i don't know how she gets out of the grotto and still doesn't know where the grotto is right maybe she just wakes up somewhere else one day yeah. Um, but she gets a job as a servant in another like local household. Okay. Because she can't go home, presumably. Yes. Uh-huh. Or doesn't want to go home, which would make sense. Right. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so she works with this new family for about a year until she's around 15 years old. Um, okay. And then she decides that, because if you remember, she was writing a letter to her brother to get him to come visit. And that Correct. obviously didn't. Uh, did not. 
didn't happen yeah. <laughs> the way she was yes. hoping. So she okay. decides that she's going to go, she's going to go visit him okay. instead of trying to get him to come to visit her. So okay. she uh, is going to go to Israel. So she travels to Jerusalem first. Okay. Um, oh, while she's in Jerusalem. So there's a story that comes up in some of the sources, but not all of them, which makes me think that like, maybe it's kind of legendy or maybe the Vatican doesn't like consider it real. But okay. I'll tell you because it's fun. Okay. Uh, so she's in Jerusalem just like killing time until her train leaves or whatever. You know, it's just normal right. travel stuff. Um, Again, with the, the whole time thing. I was like, we have trains? But it's yeah. the 1800s, so we do yeah. have trains. Okay. Uh, so she's just killing time, wandering around, you know, looking uh-huh. at the street vendors and whatever. And this dude who's like really handsome and friendly and charismatic uh-huh. comes up to her. And she thinks that he's going to be like flirty and a dick because the last experience right. she had with a young man was he was flirty and a dick. Right. Uh, but this guy right. is like really chill um, and friendly and basically tells her that she should go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem and Sepulchre. pray there. Mm-hmm. He says that you should go pray there. Okay. And, like, Weird suggestion from a random man on the street. It is. But like she later just says that like she thinks that was like the Holy Spirit. Like, trying to, like, you know, gently nudge her in a certain direction. Mm, yeah. So I she goes see. to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, if you don't know, this is a really, really famous church in Jerusalem. Uh, and the reason it's really famous is that it's, uh, you know, kind of legendy, but it's considered the place where Jesus was crucified and where his tomb was. It's kind of, oh, like, up on okay. a hill. So, like, yeah. they think it's the hill where he was crucified and also that his tomb was nearby. And it's, like, a pretty big church complex mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. covers a big area. It's really, really famous. Okay. Church yeah. is always helpful. Uh, so she goes there. And she feels drawn in that church to make a vow of perpetual virginity. Okay. So that's what she does in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Okay. And then she's going to continue with her trip because she's going to see her brother. She's only like partway there. Yep. Uh, so she gets on a boat to Acre, maybe, which is yeah. another city in Israel nearish to where her brother lives. Okay. Um, but there's like a really big storm. So the boat has to divert and like land early. Uh, okay. So it diverts to Beirut, which is in Lebanon. Uh-huh. Uh, and she takes this big storm and this diversion as another sign from God. She okay. like met this guy who pushed her to do this thing in the church of the sepulchre and then there's this huge storm so now she's in beirut so she's like well god must just want me to be in beirut which is fair enough okay uh, <laughs> yeah all right so she gets off the boat and goes and basically just finds a job as a maid again because she thinks okay. that she's supposed to be in beirut um some weird stuff which happens when she's working as a maid in this beirut household oh. um at some point shortly after she gets this job she suddenly and inexplicably becomes blind Ah, yeah, for forty what? days. What? And then just recovers. Just wakes up one morning and she's fine again. Yep. And then soon after that, after I'm she gets like her eyes sitting eyesight here back, with an, it with. I didn't say anything, but I was just sitting here, <laughs> just angry. Uh, yeah. Okay, wait. So, forty days is the is the is symbolic, but from what? Jesus in the desert, like fasting for forty days. Right. Yeah. Right. Like uh, Lent. Yep. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. So I assume that's, that's why they mentioned that it's 40 days, because it's yes. like religiously significant. I wonder... I don't know I what being if... blind has to do with, like, Jesus yeah. in the desert. It seems like a... I'm wondering if it's supposed to be, like, like pointing out to her, like, something about, like, sight, you know? Maybe. Like, if, like nothing in her story after this really is related 
to eyesight particularly well i mean like in terms of like religious sight like no yeah maybe because they it's obvious that (laughs) it's kind of funny because she's just like doing her own thing and then the holy spirit's like hello (laughs) hey hey hello like snapping near her face yeah so they're like, okay, we're just going to make her blind for a while because she's not Gotta paying get her attention. To focus. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. something about like turning like internally, like spiritually. Yeah. Spiritual sight as opposed that's to actually like, a good point sight. because she does have some spiritual sight stuff coming up. Maybe right. that's the. And she that's also like, also was hanging out with Mary that no one else could see for right. a while. So, so something yeah. about like she kept being like, oh, I'm doing this. And like now she's working and they're like hello <laughs> are you listening or or what <laughs> so that makes uh, yeah kind of feels like what what it's what it's about yeah. it's yeah trying to be like to focused. redirect her focus yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, focus yeah. Here. so pretty soon after she recovers from the blindness she gets her sight back uh she has a so she's working in this household and i don't know exactly but she fell off of something or fell down the stairs like took a serious fall um, that, that sounds sh- like should have killed her attempted murder <laughs> it does but i don't think it was it seems like she's okay. uh you know she's carrying something heavy and slips down the oh, stairs okay. or you know like something normal yeah. like very right. sad and scary but uh, normal. Uh, yeah um not but another people, attempted murder yeah not an attempted murder um then okay. they say that it was a bad enough fall that it probably should have killed her but it didn't uh and okay, her employer but... just, you know, takes care of her until she heals, which is about another month. So she spent a month with Mary. She spent a little more than a month blind. And now she spends a month healing from this fall that should have killed her, but didn't. Sometimes also, like, I feel like, okay, the first martyrdom was like a whole thing. And it was like, it was like to make a point or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the the blindness was like, hey, you're not paying attention. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. But like. Also, couldn't have, like, the Holy Spirit or Mary or God or somebody been like, maybe we shouldn't make her almost die again. Like, maybe yeah, I don't, this maybe we don't like, need that. <laughs> this one's, like, a weird, because a lot of, a lot more stuff's going to happen. And they all, like, seem like they have a religious, like, something. Something. And this one is just, like, a random thing that was just, like, really bad luck, kind of. Yeah, it's like, couldn't, couldn't somebody have stepped in for a second and, like... Yeah, so maybe it's nothing. Maybe this has nothing to do with anything religious. Right, and yeah. And it's just people have accidents sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. the way life is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah anyway. That's unfortunate. Okay. Uh, so she's with this family in Beirut for a couple of years, and then in May of 1863, she... Um, uh, there's a patron uh, in the Beirut area who basically pays for her to travel to Marseille in France because she's like very religious and holy and they think that's that they, she should go hang out with some nuns in France. That's a little like random. It is. It is. No one really explains it very well. Like how does she know this woman who has all this money to send her to right. France and why does this woman send her to France? Right. <laughs> it it feels like one of those classic like TV show things where like it's a servant and she's She's like in the market, and she there's this rich lady, and she like helps the rich lady or something it like that. And then the rich lady completely lady's unbelievable. Like, yeah, yeah. And the rich lady's like, "You're great." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take you to France. In yeah, 1863. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, I don't know about this, but so she's yeah. 17. She goes to France. Uh, she gets a job as a cook for an Arab family there. Hmm. Um, while she's with them, she starts to feel like she's being called to enter a convent. Which I think she probably should have picked up on earlier. Yeah, 
But she, yeah. is, she is a kid. She's only 17. She got I martyred know, when she but... was 14, so. Exactly. But that you would have thought, like, losing your sight and then getting it back, be like, hmm. Yeah. Or and the whole I fact guess, that Mary although, saved you, you'd be like, well, maybe Mary I told should... her what her life was going to be. So Mary, maybe Mary said, you'll join a convent when you're 17. And she's like, well, I'm not maybe. 17 yet, so I'm just not supposed to be in a convent. So I'll just keep doing this other stuff. Huh. Yeah, maybe. That's possible. Yep. Okay. So anyways, okay. she feels called to enter a convent. Uh, like, kind of weirdly, she goes to a bunch of convents in this area and they all reject her. Like oh, they say, no, weird. we're not going to take you. They don't really explain why, but I kind of think that it might be a racist thing. Mm, that she's like yeah. a Palestinian and she probably doesn't in speak French. French very well. Yeah. And they're like, you know. Right. Uh, but she eventually uh, gets to this uh, convent called the Congregation of the Sisters of St. Joseph of the Apparition. Nice. Uh, which is in the Marseille area. And they are like fine with it they let her you know enter as a the thing before a novice which i can't remember the name of now no neither do i i thought yeah, novice was a, the lowest one no there's a thing before the novice um so she joins them in 1865 she's 19 okay uh probably part of the reason this congregation took her when all the others didn't is that they already have communities in the holy land so in the area that she came from um and already had some other like palestinian sisters in their group so, like, other people who looked like her and spoke Arabic and, like, you know, okay. they already accepted people who were not yeah. white in French. That's good. Yeah. So, she's with them now. Uh, pretty soon after entering this group, she experiences the stigmata. We're doing all just, of the miracles. She, all she of does. them. She hits every single one. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, for people who don't know what the stigmata is. Yes. So, the stigmata is when holy people get unexplained uh, wounds or scars or pain that mimic the wounds experienced by Christ in his passion. So kind of like things in the middle of your hands and your feet that imitate the nails used to uh, stake him to the cross and they like don't have a cause and they just appear and you have these wounds like Christ. And it's uh, it's like a holy marker, marker kind of like yeah. being incorruptible. That, like, yes. It's a thing that happens to holy people. Yeah. And some people uh, have it for the rest of their life. Some people have it for like a couple weeks and it goes away. Yeah. Some people have it like on and off for the rest yeah. of their life. And some it's people like, it's like a huge gaping wound and some people it's just an unexplained scar and some people mm-hmm. it just is like pain a for spot. no reason. Yeah. yeah like uh, like acne kind of looking like boils and rashes and like yeah. there's lots of ways it can present. Yeah. Um, I got some fun facts about stigmatics because stigmatics because we've never talked about them. Fun. Um, apparently... St. Francis of Assisi was the first reported stigmatic. Like, they just oh, weren't really? stigmatics for the first thousand years of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and they then kind of Francis. spring oh. up after, like, sort of in the, you know, the second uh, millennium. Which yeah. means, interestingly, that there are no um, Eastern Orthodox stigmatics because they oh. start to happen after the big split. Ooh, interesting. Which is just a fun fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another fun fact. Uh, they think that Throughout the whole history of stigmatics happening, they think at probably around 80% or maybe even more were women. Ooh. For an un- unknown reason. There's like no no one ever like guesses about why that might be. It's just a weird thing that really? happens. Yep. That's interesting because I feel like all the stig- a lot of the stigmatics I've heard about have been men. But maybe, yeah. Apparently it's almost always women. Weird. 
yeah, so obviously, just like being incorruptible, like in the past, this was like, ooh, big holy ah! miracle stuff. Uh, whereas now, a lot of the times, they're debunked as yeah. either someone's doing it on purpose as a hoax, or it's, you know, it's some weird right. infection that they have, and it's like perfectly explainable. Yeah. And whatever. Uh, yeah. So it's not as holy and flashy now as it used to be. Um, right. But also there are still people who get it occasionally and people just like doctors have no idea why. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting because it's like you're not astigmatic unless it's all the spots. So it's both hands, both feet, and usually the slit in the side. Mm-hmm. And so if you're thinking about it from like a medical scientific perspective, like it's extremely unlikely for you to get like randomly – yeah, in those spots, but nowhere else. Boils or something like that in yeah. those five spots. So, like nowadays, if somebody has like one spot, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not there weird were, enough yeah. to, there be, are some, uh, to be investigated. Like, popular, ex- like modern explanations of how this can happen, kind mm-hmm. of like with incorruptibility with that wax thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so now they think that a lot of the times it can be related to anorexia. Um, oh. because like very holy people tend often, to fast and such. Yeah, fast and are very like Poverty. conservative in how much they eat and are maybe starving themselves maybe a little too far. Right. Um, and then once you've gotten that far into uh anorexia and some other kinds of eating disorders, it uh-huh. can like the mental illness spreads, like it's not just the eating anymore, it becomes gotcha. like self-harm and other things. Mm. And then maybe they're doing it to themselves, even if they don't really realize, realize that they're doing it. it to themselves, because this whole, it's become like a whole religious experience in their yeah. head. You Instead know, like the religion is causing yeah. the anorexia and it's causing the self-harm. It's almost like a delusion. Places. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they also think that it can be a result of... Um, PTSD, kind of like accidental self-harm, and just like uh-huh. a myriad of mental illnesses Thanks, that can yeah. cause people to do it to themselves, even if they're not, like, they're not doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. They don't realize that it's them doing it. Right. It's like kind of a psychosomatic thing. Yeah, and yeah. You can make it happen because of, and like, just the like, fervor. Right, yeah. Just like anything else, like, just just like the, the uh, incorruptibility thing today is, like, and even, like exorcisms and things like that like 99.9 percent of these things are going to be explainable yeah by like our modern science kind of thing but what i will say is there is one person that i want to cover at some point she is not yet a saint i believe she is blessed she's not all the way through the process yet but she only died in like 2011 or something like that (laughs) um and one of the things is there are photos of her with stigmata and she's even got the cuts in her forehead. So it, her forehead would just like inexplicably bleed from oh, the crown. Not, that's ominous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So she, she had stigmata like, cause she was bedridden for like the last however many years of her life. And she would just have stigmata appear overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like the incorruptibility thing where like, yeah. Most people, it's probably nothing. Right. But for some people, you know, maybe it is maybe a real something. experience. And she has had some crazy experiences already. So I don't see why she shouldn't have the right. stigmata. That seems like not yeah. even a big deal, honestly. Honestly. Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. least of the things. Yeah. Also, I don't even think she has it the rest of her life. I think she just has it for, like, a couple weeks and it goes away. Yeah. The funny thing also is, like, you're she's already a, she's in a convent. Yep. And so, like, it's not like she's just, like, some girl walking around and nobody's paying attention to her. She's in a convent. 
and she wakes up one day with the stigmata and <laughs> the nuns was a bit like uh <laughs> also this these oh my gosh. nuns yeah these nuns in marseille were the first group to get a doctor in to look at the scar on her neck it was oh, the first nice. time like a professional doctor had yeah. looked into it and so they'd already been like oh no this person was dead <laughs> she seems so- fine now <laughs> Yeah, all, like, the actual nuns, because she's just, like, a novice or something yeah, at this point. Yeah, just hanging out. All the actual nuns are like, who is this girl? What the <laughs> <Yeah>. hell? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, and then okay. I have one more fun fact about stigmata, which is personally interesting to me, and you might also mm-hmm. think is very interesting. Okay. Uh, there, So there's this group of people in the uh, Orinoco Delta in Venezuela, where the big river flows. Yep, from the song. I'm dancing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're called the... <laughs> waro waro maybe it's like an indigenous group and they get the stigmata too from their indigenous religion like caused by a different deity for a different reason but it's like the same like hands feet little unexplained little that is wild i know isn't that crazy that is so cool (laughs) and it's just like a one-off like casual mention and i'm like hold up hold wait a minute (laughs) go back take a step back (laughs) yeah hang on now that comes back to the whole thing of like everybody has a flood myth, everybody has like plague myths, uh, yeah. Like the whole thing with like the idea of like deep cultural memory, kind of deep cultural memory from when like people weren't yet people and we were still in Africa, kind of deep yeah, cultural yeah. memory. Yeah, it's crazy. And the Orinoco Delta is so far away from any of the Christians. Yeah, so it's not like they heard about this and then no, no. It's it's wild. Anyway. That yeah. So that that it's that's super interesting, but for a lot of people that would that would lend credence to the idea that it's something biological that we haven't yet explained necessarily. Yeah, but surely it would happen all the time to everybody then. That's but it true. That happens that's, to that's Christians. The other thing. And, and it happens these to these people in the Orinoco Delta. Oh, and I think right. it also happens to Buddhists sometimes. Mm. But I didn't look into that as deeply. That also brings us back to the whole idea, the one idea of like looking at religion as all religions are worshiping the same God. Yeah, that's kind and of that's, how I took it too. And that's why it's that that stigmata thing is considered holy in all of them because that's just one of the things. Like if that we're God's going do. real hard, yeah, yeah, that's if that's the the one of the ways God can like mark people, mm-hmm. and everybody's worshiping the same God just different ways then it's the same mark it's just taken to be slightly different meanings. yeah i mean personally if i was hanging out with these wero people in venezuela and i saw someone with the stigmata i would be like oh that person's <laughs> okay. religious and holy too yeah. yeah it would not be a problem for me that they were right. not christians they'd just be I mean, like oh, anyway. okay and then we have that a wild okay. i know it's crazy that's cool <laughs> Crazy. Uh, and then here's a one-off fun thing that happens to her sometime around when she joins this convent that people used to see her levitate. No more information about that. <laughs> Just a thing that happens uh, sometimes. Yeah. The other that's... nuns would see her levitating around. Wow. That's also kind of terrifying because... It is a little bit. That yeah. gives me like slight like, is she actually dead vibes? Has okay, so there's going to be some time? stuff about like slightly creepy in a little bit. Okay, uh, but so yeah, so that's just also, like a one-off thing that happens sometimes. I bet they just like mention it in passing because so much other sh- crazy yeah. shit is <laughs> happening. Like, this is like, not oh, the most important thing. She just levitates sometimes. It's it's not a big deal. It's yeah. really not a big deal. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing uh, happens. She just floats around for a while. It's fine, yeah, it's, you know? it's whatever. 
as long as she gets her chores done, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. uh, so she's with these people for two years. So basically, she's in um, kind of like a candidacy, 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 candidacy period. Candidacy. Yes, uh, where she's not a novice, she like is a candidate to become a formal novice because yeah. like novices have like intensive and like education right. and chores and like it's a yeah. lot of effort and so the nuns don't just admit anyone basically right so she's a candidate to become a novice which has a name but i didn't write down and now can't remember uh-huh uh, so she's a candidate for two years and then i guess the way that this congregation works is that the nuns vote on whether or not to like formally admit someone to be a novice okay. and they say no what yeah they what? don't explain why like if there was so some weird. reason that they said no, but I, it kind of seems like people are kind of freaked out by her maybe a little bit. That makes sense. It's freaky. But I also yeah. wonder if it's like, cause I mean, so, okay. So here's the thing with, with Mary telling her, her life story, mm-hmm. does she say that she, one thing I, I, I wonder is if she, Mary tells her, what she's gonna do in her life when she's like with her slit throat in the grotto Mm -hmm. but i wonder if she tells her that as like a is like a in the moment you're gonna be okay calm down and then once she wakes up and continues on her life she doesn't remember it until she's older yeah maybe and And then then realize oh wait somebody told me this and then being like realizing like in old age or something like oh i was i like this is exactly what i was supposed to do but in order so that she's not making weird choices. Yeah. She doesn't actually remember it in the moment. But then related to that, I wonder if like this was obviously part in the plan that, that Mary would have told her was that she's not going to get into this. Yeah. It is part of thing. the thing that like, this isn't where she becomes. A this nun. isn't right. Yeah. So I wonder if one of those higher nuns that's voting is appeared to by Mary. I think that like, you guys have the... to vote. No. I think one of the higher nuns during her candidacy had, like, been talking to her quite extensively and had, like, extracted her life story from her. Right. So it's possible that she told this nun that Mary said it wasn't going to be here. Hmm. And so then the nuns were just doing it. But I also think the nuns were kind of freaked out by her a little bit. Right. That also makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So she's denied to be a novice at this uh, convent that she's in. But um, one of the, like, higher up um not the abbess but like one of the high ranking nuns in this uh-huh. uh convent is uh has received like papal permission to set up a new order in India um, okay. and so she's like getting vamped up and you know like organizing supplies and you know doing uh-huh. all the stuff to do to prepare for that and she's uh going to transfer to a carmelite congregation in uh-huh. another city in France uh where they're going to kind of use as the home base to set up this new thing in India okay and this nun her name is mother veronica uh basically i guess she really likes miriam and she invites miriam she's like would you like to come with me and help me do this thing in india okay and miriam's nice. like yeah sure so <laughs> they uh they move from the marseille area where they have been to a city called pau maybe p-a-u uh, okay. which is in the french pyrenees pretty close to the border with spain uh and they just hang out at this um monastery which is a community of the sisters of the apostolic carmel okay uh so they arrive there in 1867 when miriam is 21 
this order allows her to join as a lay sister. So she doesn't take holy orders, but she is right. like formally a sister, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and she takes the religious name Mary of Jesus Crucified. Okay. Which is a weird name, but that is her name. It is, but it kind of makes sense because like she was at the... Uh, the stigmata and everything. Uh, and she was at, she went to that church. The, yeah, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Yeah, yeah. So now she's a Carmelite lay sister. Okay. And just really quickly, the Carmelites, because uh, they are quite like a big mm-hmm. group. You've probably heard of them. Uh, they're a religious order for both men and women. It was founded in about the 12th century oh. uh, by crusader type people, crusader Ooh. states uh, in Mount Carmel, which mm-hmm. confusingly, Mount Carmel is not a mountain. It's a range. It's a mountain range called Mount oh. Carmel for some reason Interesting. Yeah, yeah, in Israel. So that's huh. just like, it's a very old and widespread order. It's, you know. Yeah. There's whatever. tons of like churches and stuff that are named. Yeah. yeah. And lots of little variations of like little nunneries and monkeries yeah. and all these things. Yeah. So she's yeah. a Carmelite lay okay. sister. Mm-hmm. She's 21. Okay. Uh, okay. And then in 1870, when she is 24, mm-hmm. uh, they've, like finished their pre-setup stuff for this new order in India. So they finally get to go to India. Uh, so she travels with the first group of sisters to a city, an area called Mangalore, uh, which is on the Western side of like the Southern tip of India. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's where they are. Um, so <laughs> when she's in Mangalore, she keeps having religious experiences. Uh, uh-huh. Like she keeps levitating and she has a lot of, um, She's like in religious ecstasy a lot, which is a capital R, capital E, religious ecstasy, which okay. is a state of altered consciousness where you're kind of catatonic to the outside uh-huh. world, but internally okay. you're having like heightened spiritual awareness mm-hmm. and it's often associated with visions and euphoria. Okay. Yeah. So she's having this. I think she's still levitating sometimes. Um, and the nuns. Just casually. Yeah, and she has this giant scar on her neck, which everyone can see because it's on the front. Right. And I guess the other nuns kind of think that she's possessed by a demon and they are scared of her. I mean, unfair. That's the. Well, but that's (laughs) the problem with a lot of these religious experiences is that you're like, well, depending on how we like look at this, like. Yeah, it's good or bad. Could be the other way too. Yeah, because we can't see the visions you're having, so we don't know if you're lying about what they're about. And yeah, so you kind of just sound crazy, and the scar is just disconcerting. (laughs) And the levitating is not helping. The levitating is disconcerting. (laughs) So they are freaked out by her, and eventually kind of pressure her to go back to France because they just like don't want her around. Which they later apologize for. They later were like, "We were wrong. You were right." holy and not a demon and we're sorry right which is very nice of them uh so she's only in india for about two years and then she goes back to pow in france okay uh in pow in 1871 she's 25 now she finally takes like official holy orders so now she's no okay. longer a lay sister she's a, a sister sister still with the carmelites yeah yep but she's okay. back in france now but, but still yes. with the carmelites but carmelites yeah yep Okay. Uh, and then, uh, so that's 1871. Uh, in 1875, when she's 29, she goes back to Bethlehem because this Carmelite oh. order is going to found a new monastery there. Okay. To be like in the Holy Land, you know? Uh-huh. And she speaks Arabic, so they're like, you should go and help with this. Yes. Because, yes, yeah. it will be helpful. Uh, so she goes back there, uh, and that's where she's going to spend the rest of her life in this new monastery uh, near oh. Bethlehem. That's kind of nice that she's like yep. kind of back at home. Yep. Uh, 
During this period, she is said to experience religious ecstasy basically every day, just like all the time. Okay. Uh, which I guess these people are not afraid of. They're just fine with it. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, she has a vision at one point uh, in 1878 where, okay, so there's this thing in the Bible, in the in Luke's gospel specifically, okay. where after Jesus has died, but before anyone knows that he's resurrected, yes, the oh, first yeah. time he appears to some people in Luke's gospel is he appears to two of his disciples on a road. And yes. And like, hey, look, I'm alive. Check out my wounds, right. you know? Yep. Uh, yes. And so... In Luke's gospel, he says that the disciples are going to a city called Amos, Amos, maybe it's Amos, yeah. Uh, but that's like a kind of a common name for old cities. So, mm. like historians and Catholic scholars, like yeah. don't know which city that was. And right, they would like to know, obviously. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, in 1878, Miriam has a vision telling her that the Amos in the Bible is this particular. Amos City. Oh. Uh, which that's is fun. a little town called Amos Nicopolis. Uh-huh. Uh, which was a pre-Roman city that was like vamped up by the Romans uh in central yeah. Israel. You know, it was you know, it's a city. It's like normal and historical yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Uh and it lasted until uh 1967, actually. Like people still lived in it and were using it. It was like a existing city. Uh well, where what happened to, to it? It got destroyed in the uh, Six Days War between uh, Israel and uh, Arab coalitionary forces. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So, but this is this is 1878 when she identifies yeah. it. So the city still exists when she has this vision telling her right. that this is the one in the Bible. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's so nowadays people are like, it's probably this Amos Nicopolis city. It's probably the one in the Bible. They like can't confirm it totally because yeah, how could they? But like everyone's right. kind of like, yeah, this is probably this is like a leading contender for which city yeah. it was. Huh. Partially because of this vision that she had in 1878. Wow. Jeez. Uh, the city now, because like I said, it got destroyed in the 60s, um, but now it's um, it's like an archaeological site basically. Yeah. Um. Because it's quite old, obviously it's pretty yeah, Roman. It was, it was uh, also and it's maintained. Old. Yeah, it was. It's in a park now, like a parked area, because um, oh. they didn't bother rebuilding the city after it got destroyed. Uh, yeah, and the park is called Canada Park, which is quite yeah. cute. That is um, and the archaeological site is maintained by French Canadian Catholic archaeologists. Wait, sorry, say that again. So it's in Canada Park. Yes, Canada Park. Canada Park. And the site, yeah. the archaeological site, is maintained and studied by Catholic archaeologists from French Canada. <laughs> I don't know why. That's funny. It's just a fun fact. Did they, did they name it Canada Park? <laughs> I think I get the impression that it's called Canada Park because, like, They're obviously Canadians Israel there? is, like, Israel's not, like, a real state. Like, it's artificially, you know, like it was yeah. created right. after the war. Um, and so a lot of countries like, you know, gave money and like helped set things up uh, and whatever. Gotcha. So I think yeah. Canadian populations helped to sort of help set up this little area. Right. And so now there are French Canadian priests in this little area and they got some archaeologists to look after the archaeological site. That's funny. Okay. It's just cute and fun. It's not important. Yeah. It's happened a long time after, after her vision. So it doesn't really matter to her, but right. 
Yes. Right. Okay. So then uh, she is helping them build this monastery because, like I said, she's the only nun who speaks Arabic. So she is, like, very hands-on. She has to be, like, out with the workmen being, like, build a wall there. We need a well. We need a road. Like, actively, like, in the middle of things um, because she speaks Arabic. Yes. Uh, Some point during this, she's helping with some construction-y something, and Uh. she falls again. Stop falling. Yeah. And this is another quite serious fall um, where she, it seems like she breaks some bones. It's not really clear which, which bones, like a leg maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but the the broken bone becomes gangrenous. Ah. Very bad. Yeah. Ah. And then the ah. gangrene spreads to her lungs. Ah. That's even which, worse. Yeah, it is. Which ultimately kills her. Because, okay, yeah, they can't, she, she they can't fix that. She is actually dead this time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that so she dies on August 26th of 1878. She's only 32. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Um her last words were my Jesus mercy. Which mm. is nice. Mm-hmm. Um and then she is buried in that monastery in Bethlehem and mm-hmm. is still there. There is nothing about her body. So I do you know anything about how we got these her life story? Uh, It seems like like she told quite a lot of it to the nun, the mother Veronica nun in Marseille. Yes. Um, And then it's possible that she continued to tell people in Bethlehem because obviously she's hanging out with these, like their friends. Right. Yeah. They talk about stuff. Okay. Uh, But yeah. I think most of it. But she didn't do like a, she didn't do like a deathbed story or anything. It doesn't seem like it, no. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Okay. So it's all just other people who are around her. You know, remembering, basically. Yeah. Uh, so she is, her canonization process starts in 1927, uh, oh. about 50 years after she had died. And she is beatified by John Paul II in 1983, and nice. then canonized as a saint by Pope Francis in 2015. Oh, nice. She's only the second Greek Catholic to be canonized in the Catholic Church. If you remember, she's part of the Greek Catholic Church, which is yeah. one of these weird little right. things. Yeah. So she's only the second, uh, and she's the first woman, I think. So oh, that's nice. exciting. Yeah. Uh, her feast day is the 22nd, 22nd, 26th of August, um, which is the day she died. Uh-huh. Think so. Hang on. I need to Google something. <laughs> Google it. Um... Yep, so a feast days the day she died, 22nd, 26th, 26th of August. Uh, there are no relics because she w- didn't die that long ago in the grand scheme of things, and she's just buried and they left her there. And it's, you know. Yes. Yeah. She's just all where she is. Right. Uh, <laughs> she has, I mean, she's not like a super globally famous saint. Yeah, uh, so she doesn't have like huge story is pretty wild though. I know it's insane. She should be more famous than she is. Um, yeah. But there's uh, a school like uh, the local schools are named after her in this town, oh. little town she was born in, which is quite nice. cute. That is nice. um, specifically the kindergarten was named after her first, which I think is very cute. Ah, that's very yep. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but other than that, like she doesn't have you know much. She's yeah. not famous. Yeah, she's not like any universities or anything huge. Yeah. Um, I couldn't really find what her um, 
what is that word? I've just lost completely. Uh, what is she? The her patronages. Patronages. Her patronage. Uh, yeah. Couldn't really find much about her patronages. Um, Interesting. Probably because she's new. Maybe. Yeah, there's just not much left. Uh, yeah. And like, she <laughs> was like got just... Like yeah, she was what, just canalized in 2015. Yeah, yeah so not that long ago. People aren't really like, and if she's not super well known, it's yeah. So yeah, she doesn't particularly have any. Huh. Uh, but like her, she miracles, should be one of like infants or something. Yeah, or martyrdom. <laughs> yeah, just martyrdom to all <laughs> everyone's martyrdom. Yeah, uh, so or yeah, she her... could be like uh like domestic violence or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of things she could be, yeah, a patron of, but like it's just there aren't particularly it's not any strong, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so her miracles obviously are pretty obvious. She was martyred, and then not martyred is a big one, right? <laughs> uh, I think the stigmata counts as a miracle, and I believe yeah. her visions. Cause she had like a lot of visions throughout her right. life of various levels of importance. Um, are miracles, so she's considered a mystic and a stigma stigmatic Stigmatic, are like her things not the levitating though huh no apparently well like i said that was just like thrown in casually right (laughs) people had bigger fish to fry than the levitating (laughs) okay okay yeah at least she's got really she's got a lot of really strong miracles because sometimes you're like i don't really know what you did yeah okay these are definitely the strongest miracles we've had so far (laughs) for sure she is crushing it on the miracle front yeah yeah wow yeah okay. so i would like i had never heard of her like most Not people me, i imagine um and she so i was basically just trying to find a female saint from asia to like you know mix it up and right. try to be representative and there just aren't very many female saints from asia so i kind of just picked one at random and i'm like reading it and they're like wow oh, her 12 siblings died and I'm like oh that's a bummer and like oh you know whatever yeah it's just arranged marriage normal like normal like 1800 right like, stuff and then yeah. they're like oh and then she got martyred and i was like oh that's a bummer this story is not long enough right yeah <laughs> and then they're like and then she wasn't martyred and i was like hold up wait a what second now? <laughs> yeah hold on a minute <laughs> yeah. yeah she was unmartyred yeah so that's yeah crazy. like we said the thing about her losing her sight uh in beirut when she was with that family could be because she had a lot of visions later yeah it could be like a you don't need your your human earthly vision. Like focus right. on the the internal yeah. stuff. Wow. She also seemed like she had really bad luck with falls. Yeah, but again, I'm like, couldn't somebody have like helped her out a little bit there? <laughs> yeah, or... yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, it's just like one thing what after a another. Roller with her. coaster. Yeah, I know. I know. Just a roller coaster of a story. Yeah. Very interesting though. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So yeah, she just like okay. is this person in Israel, yeah. just like doing her own thing and being having a crazy life. It's just like no one ever talks. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I wonder why. I mean, I guess I she feel is like still quite a new saint, so maybe that's yeah contributing part of it. But a but lot I also... of the saints we talk about, they're like, well, everyone thought she was a saint as soon as she died, but that doesn't right. seem to have been yeah the that's case what here, was... where she seems like an say. obvious candidate for. Right. Although maybe I guess just, maybe people were still freaked out by her, maybe. Yeah. And they just couldn't. Out. It was too much stuff. Or that, like, she wasn't, because when she died, she was, like, 
kind of just like working on the convent. Yeah, she's just doing so she wasn't stuff. really like maybe interacting with ev- like people all the, the time. Yeah, and the community didn't necessarily see all these things, so she was just like another yeah. nun that died. Yeah, so maybe. to the local people, and so it wasn't wasn't like brought into like a a local like lore basically. Yeah, I suppose she's just a person who died. They start her canonization only fifty years after she died, which is like they pretty do. quick. That is quick. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, sometimes it can take hundreds and hundreds of years. So I guess fifty years is like relatively quick. So clearly somebody thought that this. Yeah, person and it is seems like holy. the people in the area know now yeah. because like they're naming things after her and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like, like some of those, just some of those little things that nobody, like, you don't know about until yeah. you stumble I just like it. to imagine that um, she has, like, like, she's playing Saint Bingo in heaven. And they're like, <laughs> get a point if you're a stigmatic. And she's like, check. Hey. Martyrs, <laughs> check. Check. Holy visions, check. Check. Levitate. Levitating, <laughs> check. <laughs> We're oh, surviving was, falls. Yeah. Check. Just blessed by Mary to exist in the first place. Check. Yeah. Visions of Mary. Check. Yep. yep. It's just a wow. lot of stuff. Visions of the Holy Spirit. Check. <laughs> I also really like the idea of the Holy Spirit being just like a, a super attractive man. Yeah, they said he was wearing like nice clothes and was like clean yeah. and put together. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I like I like the idea of the Holy Spirit being like, what will this fifteen year old girl like? <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to, yeah, handsome, handsome foreign man in exotic new city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, yeah, so hopefully everyone enjoyed that crazy ride. Uh, wanted to. I'm glad we got to hit some like classic, classic miracles. Really, yeah, we hadn't done Stigmata yet. Yeah, some really heavy hitter miracles. Mm-hmm. I feel like one day we'll get more into levitating because I feel like that's a heavy hitter <laughs> miracle too, and it didn't get that much attention here. <laughs> yeah, but maybe yep. we'll circle back around to that one day. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. So yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed that, and we look forward to talking about someone else in a couple of weeks. Hi guys, it's Christina. Little peek behind the curtain here. As Victoria and I are actually still graduate students and we are running into the fall semester, we actually will not be posting any new episodes until the beginning of October. So we are going to take September off um, just to get our school lives together. Uh, so our next episode will be posted in the early morning hours of October 5th, according to Mountain Standard Time in the U.S., uh, so make any needed adjustments there. Uh, but that's why we will be quiet for a little while, and we'll be back again at the beginning of October. Thanks, guys.